You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Hello and welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Because, like Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire, but we're damn sure going to be the ones who finish it. My name is Kevin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host Benedict, who both tastes great and is less filling. Benedict, did you ever get into ska music? No. No? No. No? No. You're a white guy from the Burbs who never got into ska? That, I think... You never, you never had a Sublime t-shirt? Oh, yeah. You I never rocked out to Less Than Jake or I, the Mighty look, Mighty Boss Tones? I, I had... <laughs> I, there was one Sublime song that I liked. <laughs> is it is it Date Rape? Is it the bad no, one? Is it the one you're not supposed to like? <laughs> it's Santeria. <laughs> okay, classic song. Yeah, yeah you can't, can't go wrong fine. with Santeria. You know, um, Bad Fish. That was uh, that was one of my karaoke jams for a while when I was I, when I was a honestly, terrible person. Would Would you call UB40 Scar? <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. counts. It counts. They, they had a they did a cover of Can't Help Falling in Love with You or something. Uh-huh. I think. Yeah, yeah. I am. Well, Ben, look, this is this is where I get to come out as, as a, scar, a white a, guy a, from the suburbs. A aficionado <laughs> of sorts. I did. I Kevin, to you came out as that a long time ago. <laughs> Well, I did listen to a lot of ska in my youth. Uh, it was the time, right? Late '90s, early 2000s. It was a thing, um, and I think uh, one of my one of my friends probably was who got me into it. But I think I remember driving around in my first vehicle, blasting. In addition to the terrible country music that I liked for whatever reason at the time, for many reasons that are not worth getting into, just blasting out some real big fish, the boss tones, Ooh, you know. See, these are all things I've heard of but never come across in yeah. real life. It's all, here's the reality, ska is all novelty music. They're all novelty songs. Like the Goldfinger remake of 99 Red Balloons, it's a novelty song. It's not as good as the original, but it's uh, it's fun. It's no, fun to listen I to. I think I was... What did I like? I think I was. I, I went through more of an emo phase than a ska oh, phase. Oh God! You listening to Evanescence, Evanescence in a dark room with the yeah. curtains pulled? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Evanescence and uh, some Forty One. Not really emo, but like pop punk. Uh, yeah, more that. That's my embarrassment. Um, oh, the Fallout Boy CDs you purchased. Money actually, down the no, drain. No, I actually didn't like Fallout Boy. <laughs> I Nobody thought, should like Fall Out Boy. I thought, I thought Fall Out Boy truth. were a little derivative, to be honest. Okay, okay, um, Mr. High School Music yeah. Critic. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, no, I just, I thought, I think, I think that was like the beginning of counterculturalism in me. Just like everybody liked Fall Out Boy, so I was like, I don't oh. get what the big deal's about. That's because they were garbage. Yeah. Anyways, Benedict, uh, you probably are aware 
but the listeners may not be of what exactly it is that we do here on this program. And to them, I would say, this is the show where we go deep, 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 deep into the ice-filled refreshment cooler of, of life for that last remaining, partially crushed, Bud Light Lime of right-wing thought. And it's what we are doing here right. on this program. And Benedict, before we get started today, I just do want to say uh, a thank you to a friend of the show. Uh, over the weekend, I went out. Uh, first time I've, I've been with anyone in St. Louis since I've moved here. Okay. Uh, and I hung out with a friend of the show, John, uh, who we had on way back uh, of the uh, uh, Wayward Willis podcast, oh, nice. uh, who, who lives here in the city, went to a little barbecue at his house. Uh, it was delightful. It's like the first barbecue I've been to. Well, I mean, we did a lot of rooftop stuff in D.C. during during COVID, me and my friends, because it's safe to be outside relatively. And we all, you know, we wore masks and were vaccinated and whatnot. But first, uh, you know, sort of just regular barbecue in a while for me. And it was, it was a good time. The weather was fantastic. He made a pulled pork that, that nice. absolutely killed. It was it was wonderful. So I don't want to get that thank you out there. And if anyone ever wants to invite me over and give me free food, I'm I'm always I'm always down I for that. I can, can confirm that Kevin will always show up <laughs> if you offer him even vaguely. If you offer oh, a vague, shut up. I've a vague fed you. invitation, I have fed you multiple times. Kevin, I didn't say dare. I was different. I'm just endorsing <laughs> your. Oh, honestly, if you give me a vague invitation, I will be there too. I am um, actually Benedict. no, I won't because I will fret uh, forever about whether you meant it or not because I'm way too <laughs> British. Yeah, that's you. Anyways, Benedict, can you start us off this week? Do you have a hot take for us? Yeah, it's that people shouldn't give me bourbon just because I'm British. Oh, I don't God damn know it. I knew I'm you were going to go with that. I knew yeah, you were going to go with that. I know. I, know. Uh, I didn't think of a hot take, and Kevin got <laughs> mad at me, so now I'm giving him a shit hot take. Um, yeah, I have a lot of bourbon for some reason, and people keep giving it to me, and I think it's because I sound vaguely sophisticated, but I don't know what I'm doing with bourbon. Or you bourbon. sound like an alcoholic. It's one yeah, of the two. One, I'm not one sure. of the two. One of the two, certainly, yeah. No, I need... Well, I think I need it he's, to give my he's voice... He's one of those things over there. He's Irish, right? He drinks. <laughs> they drink. I've seen a I, priest drinking a lot. I need, I need... I think I need a little more rasp to my voice. I might have to start <laughs> drinking and smoking. <laughs> Um, uh, I wish my actual hot take. My yeah, my actual hot take is I wish there was a way to make my vo voice more raspy without doing significant damage to my body. Yep, at the same yep. time, that is I'm my actual hot take. <laughs> What's yours? When people ask me the secret of this voice, it is really well. I smoked for too long. Yeah, uh, I didn't smoke for long enough. Please don't smoke. It's bad yeah. for you. My hot take this week, Benedict. Uh, white men in cars need their camera phone privileges revoked. Okay. Uh, I'm really tired. I'm really tired of all the white men who I am 100% certain got into their vehicle for the purpose of recording a video of themselves giving a spicy take. Oh, yeah. Uh, to put all I've over seen social many media. Of those spicy takes. That's yeah. so funny, though. And they're always at the same <laughs> angle. It's very they weird. Are. They are. And that dude, he got in the car to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the same thing with, like, those people. Uh, there was that one girl who... Well, like, I'm did, just now did... hearing, while I'm on the road here, about the, this yeah. vaccine mandate. God and uh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm quitting the military. Okay? Well, a lot cool. of that like, is... 
I was doing research for this week's show, and at first I didn't know what I was going to do. I'll tell you in a couple minutes what the subject we're going to be doing is. Uh, but also, you know, this week I had to put together two episodes because we're doing the patron-only bonus, which we're recording tomorrow, so I had to do that work as well. Um, and so I spent a while, and I didn't want to do, like, one of the episodes of Firing Line for William F. Buckley because those are 60 minutes long. It's too much for me. to. I have to go in and find specific moments I want to talk about. Uh, all that sort of stuff. I didn't want to do one of those because I had to also do I the other one. I watched his one with Muhammad Ali the other day. Yeah, yeah, I watched that one too. It's Yeah, but it's not it's not worth talking about for us. It yeah. really isn't. Uh, I think one no, we might just, be doing— It's literally just interesting. Like. Yeah, one we might be doing in the future, I think, is the debate, which you've talked about with James Baldwin. We might just do his portion of the debate because uh, it's uh, around 20-ish minutes long. I can, I can cut it up into digestible chunks, and, and we can talk about how— hideous what he does is in that debate yeah, it's I, really bad again i feel like we might not do well we definitely won't do a better job than james baldwin <laughs> in that, deb- yes, As a, that we might not do better than of course we won't do better than james or even come close to james no but baldwin. we do have the benefit of about 60 years of history to look back on it and say yeah, you fucking suck it's like well there is a clear moral arc of history yeah, yeah and you were on the wrong side of that but anyway so i spent a couple days looking around at various different internet figures who all just suck in so many Many of them. I was looking at smaller right-wing figures who I thought I might want to talk about, and so many of them are just guy in the car recording his hot take. That's all it is, and it's so boring. And there's such—I even looked into that douchebag uh, wannabe rapper with the lip tattoo that goes to Trump rallies, mm. um, Forgiato Blow. And then I'm like, okay, well, we can't play any of his music on the show because there is DMCA concern, concerns with that. We can't play music of somebody um, because they're, they'll be going to copyright strike or something. So that makes that real boring. And he's a giant fucking nobody who doesn't matter anyways. Finally, I was like, fuck it. I'm done looking at these stupid videos. We're just going to do what I decided is going to be our topic. But yes, white men need to have their camera phone privileges revoked. And I will also throw on, in addition, the people who are copying uh, that one woman who did the lip syncing over Trump stuff back in the beginning. There was one person doing it. And now everyone fucking does it. And I, I don't care for it. It's just boring. Did you see You're the all guy, derivative. The guy who got who did like the rambling, the actually good Trump impression, James, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, James I can't remember Johnson. that guy's name. Oh, James Austin No, Johnson I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking no, of a comedian. No, no, it was just like some dude on Twitter. And now he's going to be on SNL. God damn it. That's... That shouldn't be the case. It was really? actually, it was actually, uh, to be honest, it was the best Trump because it wasn't like super accurate, but it was like the way Trump actually talks. Yeah, like, just like fine. getting distracted and be, and like fine. going on a rant about weird Al Yankovic. I've <laughs> been disappointed in the the SNL cast for a while now, so I I don't expect anything great out yeah, of it. Yeah, it's pretty funny when people can tweet their way to an SNL gig. Yeah, like. yeah. That shouldn't happen. Anyways, uh, let's move on a little bit. Housekeeping this week, also, of course. Just quickly before you get into housekeeping, mm-hmm. I like you. Yes. I like the fact that you were like, "Oh, it's just these people sitting in their cars with their hot takes, and white men need to have their camera for." <laughs> should white men should should we have our <laughs> microphone for <laughs> just remote? there is a difference. There uh-huh. is a difference, and the difference is you and I know that nobody cares or oh, yeah. should care about our hot takes. That's why all of our hot takes are sarcastic. They are lukewarm. Yeah. We don't really care. Nobody yeah. should care. We do this because it's fun for us. Yeah. That's why we're doing this. And Absolutely. if you think sitting in a car doing, talking to your phone is fun, fine. I don't really care that much. But stop putting it on social media. Just record it and share it with your friends. Maybe your mom will give you a like on Instagram. You mean I don't know. social media is not my friends? Wow. 
Yeah, that's. I, I, I'm sorry to have to tell you that. But anyways, Benedict, moving on to housekeeping this week. Remember to follow us on Twitter at NYGBCPod. Uh, and, you know, I, I brought this up a couple times in the past. Um, I was informed the other day by the chief of police of the St. Louis Police Department um, that I will be arrested if we don't get more reviews on iTunes. Wow. Um, and I'm, I got to say, I'm disappointed in the listeners for whose fault it is that we don't have more ratings and reviews on iTunes. So if you want me stay out of prison in the wannabe South that isn't quite the South, uh, you should go leave us some more five-star reviews on iTunes. That'd be a good thing to do. Anyways, Benedict, a few more things in housekeeping this week. As I occasionally do, I have some updates on past stories that we have done uh, on this show. Uh, a couple little little things here and there that have come across, okay. come across the news desk at the Costa NYGBC wires. pod show. Um, first off, uh, we talked about, when we were doing the Glenn Beck uh, stuff about Soros, how I thought at the time that he had picked that up from Alex Jones. Um, I actually went back and did a little bit of research. Uh, someone helped me find uh, uh, some information. It turns out that actually at the time, Alex Jones was not on the Soros tip, to the point huh. that two days after Glenn Beck's Puppet Master episodes, Alex Jones went on his show and said, basically, well, Soros is one of the underlings of the globalists. He's oh. not the puppet master. He's not at the top. He's just one of the, the you know, the people they make do stuff. Okay. Because... So he thought he was being a puppet. I think it was really just that he hated Glenn Beck at the time because they were both competing for the same audience. Mm. And so he had to be different than Glenn Beck on that. I don't really know what the art. I remember he, he did claim um, that he, he was going to reveal who the real leader of the globalists was. And it was, I think he just threw out a bunch of things. Like it's, it's the banks. It's oh. the banks. Yeah. It was, it was really boring. Uh, it was stupid. But anyways, I did want to correct the record on okay. that. Uh, I also, there was something I wanted to bring up in last episode, uh, which did tie into the National Review stuff that we were talking about. Uh, and it's Charlie Kirk and Turning Point USA and their little fascist problem. Mm. The fact that, you know, every couple of months, uh, another Turning Point USA no, member has to, has to resign because, oh, we have another white supremacist in our ranks? How could this be the case? Uh, and that was brought to forefront for me the other day by a clip of Charlie Kirk that went around with him talking about you know, basically out and out white nationalism and how we need to protect the borders to protect the white race, the white demographics in the United States, um, which, yeah, I mean, it's it's not surprising. They they know that they're white supremacists. They've been hiding it for so long. I, I think what I would say is they're open white supremacists pretending they're not, uh, which is, is what they all are. They're not, for those few people who actually are surprised at Turning Point USA, whenever they happen to have another white supremacist among their numbers um they really shouldn't be because you know white supremacists know what they want that's why they go to organizations like turning point usa because you are saying white supremacist things mm -hmm. and because they want to be part of your group because you're attractive to them because mm -hmm. you are them 
Anyways, final thing on the update list, uh, something I just neglected to mention when we went over a list of figures. Uh, David Horowitz, who's something we've talked about multiple times in multiple contexts. I think most recently in the context of the horrible book he wrote, along with the multi-level marketing ah, guru yeah. that Glenn Beck was relying on. Uh, I mentioned that he ran the website Jihad Watch. Mm. I just wanted to bring up, I was in my notes when I went over things later and meant, uh, realized that I hadn't mentioned it. Uh, Jihad Watch was one of the favorite sources of mass murderer Anders Breivik in the manifesto cool. that he wrote. So, just, just putting it out there that there's more connections there. Anyways, Benedict! Are you, are you saying there's some kind of puppet almost like, <laughs> Almost like they're all arguing that they should go murder the people that they don't want, but the people at the top, like Glenn Beck and David Horowitz, will never say it out loud, because then they'll stop making their money if they say what they actually want to happen, which is the mass murder of all the people that they don't like, because they're fucking fascists. Anyways, Benedict, on to today's topic, which will be, I promise you, much more fun than talking about Charlie Kirk and David Horowitz, because, Benedict, I texted you what today's topic was going to be in a more vague way. I was somewhat vague about it. Yep. What I told you was that we were going to be talking about the dumbest member of Congress. I would like people to take a minute. And I, I gave three options. <laughs> and I would like to take One a minute. One of them was correct. I One of like your to, guesses I was correct. My, no, it wasn't my first guess. It was my second guess. Yeah. Um, I, I would like people to take a minute and try and think about which three people I might mm -hmm. have suggested are the dumbest members of Congress. They're probably will, right there with you. Will, we all know I will give a who hint these that people I didn't are. even put forward Rand Paul as an option. <laughs> or Tommy Tuberville, who I think maybe I have done a, done a disservice by not, not putting forward here. Oh, I mean, it is really hard to pick who it is, but I'm going to make a pretty strong argument that my choice is the dumbest member of Congress. And Benedict, should not surprise you, my choice was, in fact, David Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> yes, he goes by his middle name. His Which first name. Whatever, I know people that do that. That's not yeah, something, that's not why you're dumb. people just don't like. It. But look, he had a normal first name. He chose to pick the more stereotypical douchebag white guy yeah. name as his first name. That's true. I think it was on purpose. Probably. Pretty sure it was on purpose. Um... So but the, the, the other options I, I posited were those two that I just mentioned, which I think are fair, fair game. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Paul Gosar, which I think is, is yeah. arguably the most, I, I, I think. Arguably. Most malignant possibly, but yeah, I don't think okay. dumbest. Because okay. Gosar is a dentist. <laughs> so at least he knows some things about fair teeth. Enough. We and cannot then, prove that Madison Cawthorn knows anything about anything. True. With any level of certainty. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene was my other... Yep, yep. I was only surprised you didn't include Lauren Boebert in there. That was the yeah. only one you left out that I, I thought uh, might be on your list of guesses. But no, Benedict, Madison Cawthorn, that's who I'm going to be making the argument, is in fact the dumbest member of Congress. And, and you argued with me before we started recording that you thought maybe... Marjo might be the one who rather deserves the, the credit or, or Lauren yeah, Bober or something. I, I think I, I said Marjo. I, I think probably the argument you're going to make is that while she may say dumber things, she kind of knows what she's doing, whereas he just no. makes dumb mistakes. Not my argument. I, I don't think, think any of them. I think all of them believe the things they say 100 percent. 
Here's where I think there is a difference. I think Marjo has had an original thought in her life, mm. whereas Madison Cawthorn has not. Kevin, I think that is the that is you, the bare measure of the difference of intelligence. What between you have these to remember is I saw her the other day in the halls of Congress giving a speech in which there was a Scooby Doo meme where <laughs> it was the Green New yes, Deal I and she know. pulled she pulled it off and revealed <laughs> a the Soviet flag and then was like, see, they're serving China. So like even those like especially like the second layer of her not even getting the flag right was just like yes but benedict it was an original thought to do something that dumb (laughs) madison cawthorn has only ever copied other stupid people he thinks are smart no no he absolutely could not he is not that original i i swear it It, he absolutely is not okay let's do it in the future, we are probably going to have to cover Marjo and Bobert and all the pack of idiots over there as well at some point. But I'm starting off with Madison Cawthorn because I've made the, the case to you a number of times that he is the logical result of Republican youth culture. Uh, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobert, they're a little bit older. Uh, so they weren't born into a world where the Internet was ubiquitous where social media and all these things that we know and complain about so much these days were constantly there. Uh, Madison Cawthorn was. He was raised by that. The the Mm. toxic conservative youth culture of things like Turning Point USA, YAF, these stupid college Republican groups, and the, you know, cloistered bubble uh, of conservative Twitter and Instagram and all these various spaces online. He is the result of that nothing more so yeah this this being the man who tweeted on the eve of his election cry yes. more lib yeah yep yep that was what he, and then sold t-shirts with that on it isn't yep. that fun isn't that fun yep. uh but Mad- david madison cawthorn was born on august 1st 1995 he is the same age as my younger brother we are older than madison cawthorn and he is in fucking congress that is sad he is 26 years old at least I think my little brother was born in 95. To be fair, I could not tell you. It is his job regularly to text me when a member of our family's birthday is coming because I can't remember. I don't know. I can't remember those sorts of things. I can't put it into a Google calendar. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, but Benedict, the defining moment of Madison Cawthorn's life that we all know about is in 2014 at the age of 18 when he was a passenger in a BMW X3 SUV driven by his friend, uh, Bradley Ledford apparently fell asleep at the wheel. I haven't seen anything that challenges that that was why the accident happened. I haven't seen any claims that it was actually a drunk driving accident or anything like that. Apparently, he just Mm -hmm. fell asleep at the wheel. Stupid kids, young, driving, probably, you know, up all night the night before, partying, whatever. Who knows? Speculation, uh, sir. Sure, sure. Uh, Cawthorn's feet were up on the dashboard at the time when they crashed Mm. into this concrete barrier. Uh, and as a result, he was left paralyzed from the waist down. Now, of course, we've all become familiar because of the wonderful reporting out of the Washington Post by Michael Cranish about the fact that Madison Cawthorn has made a career out of lying about mm. everything after that initial moment of the crash. That's okay. where his career has come from. To begin with, Cawthorn, of course, claimed that Bradley left him to die in the fiery tomb of the vehicle. Mm. Um, that is you know, contradicted by both Bradley himself and Cawthorn's father, 
who both claim that Bradley actually pulled Cawthorn from the vehicle after the accident. So, it, you is know. Is that not libelous? Probably, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know if there was ever any. I, I, take, I, here's what I would imagine. Don't take legal advice from a podcast. Don't take legal famously. advice from a podcast. I but would that imagine, feels like libel to me. I would imagine that Bradley probably feels bad about being responsible for the car accident that crippled his so-called Doesn't friend. Doesn't want to sew it. Probably so wouldn't it. want to push it. Probably is. Just, but he did finally speak out in 2021 to the Washington Post uh, when they did that excellent report about Madison Cawthorn that I think really brought him into the light about mm. how the bullshit he was pushing. Um, basically, and here's another thing. I, I haven't seen anyone make this claim beyond this is weird. The sort of saying, eh, it's fishy that he's doing these things. He seems to, in my eye, when I watch his speeches, when I see him talk, and I have watched a bunch of them for today's episode, seem to be trying to purposefully give his listener the implication that he served in the military and that's how he's injured. He often brings up the car accident, but a number of other times, he sort of uses language that would lead one to think he served in the military, which he absolutely did not. He was paralyzed at 18. He never joined the service. And of course, that leads us to another one of Madison Cawthorn's lies. That, at the time of the car accident, he was applying to the Naval Academy and that the car accident was the reason why he never attended. Of course, mm. he had already been rejected uh, as an applicant oh, to the okay, Naval Academy, fun. a fact which he acknowledged in one of his lawsuits against an insurance company for the accident that he already knew about before the accident. Mm. So he knew he had been rejected before the accident. He continued to lie in speeches later on, saying, I was accepted to the Naval Academy. I didn't go because of this accident. So another really shitty thing for him to do. Um, another lie stemming out of the car crash uh, was that he claims that he was declared dead at the scene of the accident. There is no evidence of that, uh, and in fact, the accident report merely says that he was incapacitated. It never says that he was declared dead at any time. But, of course, uh, that all goes towards making this story much more interesting. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a miracle story. It's not a, a inspirational story when you just have a bro in a car accident, right? There's a reason why Chad, Tad, and Zach no. getting in a car accident because Tad had to take his hands off the wheel to high five the others is not a sob story because it's a logical expectation of what would happen there. And I'm not suggesting that that's what happened to him or that he deserved this, any of that. I am saying his uh, actions and words since then are incredibly shitty in the way mm -hmm. that he has used this to his advantage through lies, when he could just use the truth. Simply not lie. He could just say, I was in a terrible car accident, and I've managed to come around. I'm, you know, I'm doing this, I'm out and about. Uh, he, you know, has a very strong upper body. I guess he spends time at the gym. He could use all that. He doesn't need to lie about this, but he does, because he is that much of a nobody. Um, speaking of which, you know, as far as his, uh, uh, educational career, uh, he was homeschooled, apparently very poorly based on everything we know about his level <laughs> of intelligence, followed by, uh, after the accident in 2016, attending one semester at Patrick Henry College in the fall of 2016, getting mostly D's and then dropping out. That's mm. all he did. And Patrick Henry, Henry College is... Oh boy, it's it's bad, Benedict. It is a very yeah. far right wing Christian fundamentalist university oh, started fun. by a guy who founded a foundation uh, to protect homeschooling. It requires that students sign a statement of faith 
which says, for example, quote, Satan exists as a personal malevolent being who acts as tempter and accuser for whom hell, the place of eternal punishment, was prepared, where all who die outside of Christ shall be confined in conscious torment for eternity. Man is by nature sinful and is inherently in need of salvation, which is exclusively found by faith alone in Jesus Christ and his shed blood. They have to sign that shit to be a student there. And I just, I can't even get my head around <laughs> the mindset one has to be in to, to sign that. Like, I know that's probably a failing on my part. No, but it's I not. Just, I can't, no, it's not. No, 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 no. But like, you, you I, shouldn't fine, be able to a, understand. A lack that. of imagination on my yeah. part. But I just can't imagine being in a place where I'm like, yeah, that seems right. Yeah. Well, it's also, you would imagine, a place that teaches creationism and rejects mm. biology and, yeah. you know. All of it, basically. Uh, teaching faculty are required to sign a statement of faith in a more detailed statement, which includes the phrase, quote, any biology, Bible, or other courses at PHC dealing with creation will teach creation from the understanding of Scripture that God's creative work, as described in Genesis 1-1-31, was completed in six 24-hour days. Okay. So, yep, okay. yep. They teach not truth at this university mm, yeah, and even he couldn't get better than d's at a not true university that's well how, maybe he, he he did. had too much actual truth for them maybe that was the maybe problem. that's it i'm, I'm sure. pretty sure i wouldn't get better than d's <laughs> at that university either very possible but anyways benedict of course uh he's he's 26 now he's a, a grown-ish man um and he's had a career that career, his working life, has included a six-month internship with Mark Meadows' district office, which, okay. in his, you know, pattern of lying, he claimed was a full-time job when it was actually part-time uh -huh. <laughs> during an interview. That seems right. His other working career has included being the owner of a business named SPQR Holdings, which uh, mm. appears to be a real estate business which has produced zero dollars in revenue since it was founded in 2019 and appears to have only ever had one single transaction where it purchased a vacant lot for $20,000. But Benedict, cool. SPQR, is that ringing any bells for you? Sonatus Populus Quare. Ah, yes, of course you knew it. You, yeah. you dork. Uh, stand, it's a uh, Latin stands for uh, the Senate Roman and Senate the and people. Yes. Yep. And of course, it's a phrase that has often been embraced by skinhead gangs and neo-Nazis. Yeah. It's also on every drain in Rome. So like, sure. Let's and, not get and, too and carried the, away. Well, I'm bringing it up because of course we know racism is also a part of Madison Cawthorn. Uh, and, and I will say as far as naming his look, Every dork you know is obsessed with Rome. If you get into yep. enough arguments with dudes online, they'll bring up Rome because they're idiots and aren't creative and can't put critical thinking together. So they bring mm -hmm. up Rome because, uh, you know, a lot of people have said hot takes about Rome. They can just co-opt it as their own. He's not that creative. I really don't think he is. I don't think he knows jack shit about Rome. Other than what I think he has watched on the white supremacist side of YouTube and various other terrible places on the internet where they talk about Rome a lot. Uh, but I will say, like you mentioned, um, when that came up, the whole thing about his business being named that, uh, other commentators, in, including investigators from the uh, Anti-Defamation League, had said, yeah, I mean, it is used by extremists, but also a lot of other idiots use it as well uh, <laughs> who aren't technically white supremacists. So it's tough to call on that one. What's yeah. not tough to call... It's, a, it's maybe like a... A clue. 
it's a it's a clue. It's a breadcrumb along yeah. the way to tell us a little bit about Maddie. Uh, but uh, of course, there was the notorious Eagles Nest Instagram post he yeah, made. That one wasn't great. That one wasn't great. Uh, still not clear evidence. He did call that being uh, Hitler going the to Fuhrer. Hitler's summer house. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, to give him credit, say that it was a. I think he said it was like a hateful place or a place of great hate, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the. I didn't write it down. I don't remember exactly what the phrasing was. Still not great since he talked about how much he wanted to be there. Tie that together with the SPQR stuff. And then Benedict, tie it together with the attacks he made on a journalist named Tom Fiedler uh, during his campaign, where he put on his website for his campaign that uh, Fiedler left academia to, quote, work for non-white males like Cory Booker who aimed to ruin white males running for office. Wow. Yeah, you include two white males in a single sentence, you're... That's not critical of them. <laughs> You're not a great guy. Of course, that sentence was later changed to say that Fiedler is, quote, an unapologetic defender of left-wing identity politics because mm. that's what they mean when they say that. When they say left-wing identity politics, they mean I am a white supremacist. Fuck you. That's what it is. And I, you know... Go, go! I don't want to go to criticizing his appearance where he looks like a fucking Hitler youth. I don't want to go that far, but Jesus but Christ. Uh, and yes. I think he's cultivating a persona. I really think he is. And I, yeah, I got to say, like, going back to talking about where I was in my youth at that time, 26, I was, I was changed. I was changed already. But a little bit earlier, you know, let's say uh, 2011, 2012, I was a fucking white... I, it's hard for me to say I was a white supremacist because I've talked I've talked a lot about myself in my youth, the terrible person that I was. But yeah, I was a fucking racist piece of shit. And I know how those people talk online, the things they say. I recognize this. This is me sitting in my shoes of back then when I was like him, when I was a racist piece of shit, recognizing he is like me. He is what I was. I yeah. can see it. The other things he said, lies about fucking uh, cartels kidnapping American children to sell them as sex slaves and bullshit. It's the same nonsense bullshit. It's all about the racism. He's a piece of shit. And Benedict, I wouldn't just uh, tell you that. I want you to hear it in his own words. So Let's we have a couple of clips of Madison Cawthorn. Uh, and, you know, going back to this, the real theme is... He's the dumbest member of Congress. And I've picked a few. There, there was too much to pick from. There's so many examples of him being stupid, right? Uh, at the uh, uh, CPAC, or I think it was either CPAC, it was the Republican convention, when he stood up out of his wheelchair, which, hey, I don't want to criticize. But again, I have to point out, it's another one of those stealing the inspirational story thing. Uh, where, you know, we always have those things, oh, this guy was in a car accident, he said he wanted to walk for his wedding, and how great is that? He's walking to, down the aisle for the wedding. Madison Cawthorn is still paralyzed. His condition has not improved. He just has okay. a very strong upper body and managed to stand up on crutches. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, like FDR did. He yeah. Walked to the, he walked to the podium to accept his... But I, um... I think it's another form of trying to steal that image of the yeah, inspirational maybe. story where, oh, I managed to overcome. It's like, eh, you just have good uh, deltoids. That's, I don't know. I don't want to get too far into critics. I feel bad about, about making the criticism, but I had to point it out. There's other stupid shit where he's talking about, I think this was the CPAC speech, or maybe it was a Faith and Freedom conference where he's talking about how he goes into Congress every day and looks into Nancy Pelosi's eyes and sees how much she hates America. 
I guarantee you he rarely ever is in the same room as Nancy Pelosi. That almost never fucking happens. And that whole thing about hating America, always bullshit. But Benedict, like I said, I picked a couple choice selections that I think help get across how dumb this kid actually is. Starting with one from July 30th, 2021. This is from the floor of Congress, something that Madison Cawthorn is. And I'll let you take a guess at what he's talking about here when we get through it. It's only about a minute long. We'll see if you can figure out what he's going on about. For from uh, North Carolina, seek recognition. Madam Speaker, I seek unanimous consent to address the House for one minute. Without objection, the gentleman is recognized for one minute. Madam Speaker, you are not God. <laughs> <laughs> mask mandate. Yes, it's a mask mandate. <laughs> yeah. He's coming out firing. You need a minute strong. to say that. No, 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 he didn't. Uh, but we'll hear we'll hear the rest of the stupid shit he has to say here about the mask mandate. And remember, this is just the mask mandate in the House of Representatives. This is what he's complaining about for for about a minute. Your will does not bend the forest or shake the mountains. And let me assure you, your will does not bow the knee of millions of my countrymen who refuse to heed your callous command. To threaten arrest on others for their own personal medical decisions is nothing short of a medical apartheid. So, first off, um, all the talking points. Yeah, it was a fine. Great. It wasn't arrest. Uh, it was a fine if you didn't wear a mask in the in the house. Uh, so I think there might have been yeah. something having to do with arrest uh, for somebody. I don't remember what it was. No one's arresting anyone. Yeah, I don't think anybody's been arrested. But no, it was just it's a fine. Um, and also medical apartheid. Ooh, buddy. Ooh. Yeah. They made oh, Marjo boy. go to the Holocaust Museum. You need to go spend a little time in South America, wear some multicolored clothing, and come back talking about how you're 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 so more much more enlightened now, like Kramer was. Did, did you mean South Africa? South, South Africa. Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels, whatever I say. You know like, what I mean. You know like what I mean. That's not great yeah. either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> and I will not let it stand. For if I am to cowardly bend the knee here like those on the left wish, then what is to stop you all from taking your tyranny to the rest of this country that I love? How dare anyone in this institution attempt to dictate to the patriots of my staff how they may live their lives? By the way, Benedict, uh, every member of Congress and their staff are required to wear pins on their jackets that tell the, the Secret Service and the Capitol Police that they are meant to be there so that they don't get shot walking around. But yeah, I, there, there are, again, once again, this is a society. Master there are many rules. Oh, sad song. For one to think that because they have the title honorable attached to their name means that they may dictate what others may say and think repulses me. So um, judges often have the title honorable attached to their name and they literally can dictate what people do. Yeah. That's their job. Yep. But sure, sure. Also, also lawmakers, legislators. It's what, what, yeah, exactly. what they do. It's what they do. Literally, this is what they do. What makes this nation special is that in this free land, the people are the royalty. So arrest us if you will, but I will not cower and I will not bend. Madam Speaker, you have come to take away our liberties. But Madam Speaker, in this country, you are outnumbered. With that, I yield back. For what purposes the gentlewoman from Texas? I also. For what purpose does the gentleman from North Carolina seek recognition? For sake. Madam Speaker, I wish to remove my name as co-sponsor of Bill H.R. 4319. 
The gentleman's What's, request is accepted. I didn't hear that. Okay. For what? So. <laughs> I didn't hear it at all. It sounded like he said something about Ghostbusters. No. So what that was was after he got done with his angry rant, um, he forgot that he actually had some actual business to do in the house chamber, and he yeah. had to, after somebody else had already approached the microphone, walk back up and go, um, sorry. Um, I also want to take my name off of house resolution 4390 uh and all you you were talking over but they they laughed at him um house resolution 4390 one of the other reasons i laughed at him uh you may remember there was a kerfuffle between madison cawthorn and representative david david mckinley who was a republican uh this is way back in july of this year or june and this was over uh, Madison Cawthorn accidentally being included as a co-sponsor of House Resolution 4390. Uh, House Resolution 4390 is a bill that has nothing to do with anything. It's completely unimportant. It is dead in committee. It will never go anywhere. And it absolutely does not matter that his name is on that bill. But apparently he got into a shouting match first with McKinley's staff and then with McKinley himself, <laughs> leading to McKinley filing this complaint against him. What was that about? Uh, the, what is the bill about? Yeah, yeah. The bill is, uh, I'll pull it up right here. I have it in one of these tabs. Uh, the bill is titled, uh, to amend title, blah, 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 of the Public Health Service Act to ensure equitable treatment of covered entities and pharmacies participating in the 340B drug discount program and for other purposes. It was introduced and has gone nowhere, will go nowhere. It will die in committee. It is uh, yep. nothing. It is a giant nothing. But he had to go back to the microphone. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, also, I want to take my name off of that bill. If you could do that, please. That was fun. That was fun stuff. But there he is. He's all energized. He's getting stuff yeah. up. Better than Madam Speaker, you are not You God. are not God. It's so sad. That's all he can do. Because uh, I did pull up videos of him speaking after that uh, in Congress where he did have a mask on. Because he did bend his knee and he did cow. Of course he did. Sure. So Benedict. We're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to go back to March 2nd, 2021, barely a month into the new administration. Uh, Cawthorn, Maddie, made an appearance on Fox and Friends, which is always a fun mm. place to be. they got a couple topics they're going to be talking about here. Let's. So he's a congressman at this point still. Yes, though, yes, yeah. he was already a member of Congress. And uh, let's see what he has to say on Fox and Friends. Joining us live to respond with that, North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Madison, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. I hope you're doing well. I am. Thanks so much. So I want to get to this real quick. Uh, first get off, a microphone, um, I'm going to pull this full screen up. The southwest border arrest just in October of last year, just in October, almost 72,000 border arrests. That's in one month. And Mayorkas is saying there's no crisis. Your reaction, Madison? Well, Secretary Alejandro, you know, he said multiple times that the border infrastructure and the facilities needed to be able to house these migrants, illegal immigrants coming into our country doesn't exist, and that's Trump's fault. Well, the reason it didn't exist is because we were stopping them at the border. We were stopping the hemorrhaging, and then we were going to deal with the problems here in America. Uh, and, you know, for this secretary, Secretary stopping Alejandro, to be saying that this is all Donald Trump's fault, is it's the classic Democrat playbook. The only way that they can, that they can actually sound as if they have an argument is if they blame Donald J. Trump. Yeah. So you picked up. You picked up on that there. Stopping the hemorrhaging. Uh, that, I think, yeah. goes back to my implication that he's a racist piece of shit. And uh, yeah. isn't trying all that hard to, to hide it. It's just using more of that sort of language you would hear from a Nazi 
Who? It's also the the wrong way around. Like hemorrhaging is when stuff's leaving. Yeah. Also, Benedict, um, they mentioned there, and I think you might have missed it. Uh, they were talking about October of last year. Oh. When yeah, Donald okay. Trump was still president. <laughs> yeah, they love to do that. What's her name? Um, Kayleigh McEnany the other day tweeted the thing about the huge rise in yes, gun crime yes. in, in murders in 2020, and she was like, "Biden's America." Yep, that's why I had to. And I had to keep now, that there. I had to keep uh, yeah, keep it up. Good stuff. Yeah. How much longer can they use this blame Trump strategy without acknowledging the executive actions are really what is causing this problem that we've seen yeah. recently in October? Of well, you know what? I genuinely believe that uh, I was here for the inauguration on January 20th of Joe Biden. Uh, and when we were here, I looked around and realized that for the very first time in inauguration history, uh, there were more supporters of the president at our southern border than there were actually in attendance uh, for the inauguration. It was Boom. a sad display. That is a fascinating <laughs> tidbit funny. there, Congressman. <laughs> Meantime, so that that was a pre-planned line. That was a line somebody in his fucking office wrote down. And I'll yeah. break the the you know the the barrier for you and tell you, uh, when Congress people go on these shows, they know what questions are going to be asked ahead of time. That's how it works. Especially when Republicans are going on Fox News, they're given everything ahead of time. I have no doubt that was planned. And Benedict, what they're about to talk about, I a thousand percent know that this was fully planned ahead of time. I'm fired up about this. I don't know if you are, but my guess is if you had a childhood and you read Dr. Seuss, you might be. President Biden oh, no. canceling Dr. Seuss in a oh, Read sorry. Across America proclamation. This after Loudoun County Schools there in Virginia said his books are filled with, quote, Orientalism, anti-blackness, and white supremacy. Look, Congressman, these cancellations getting more and more outlandish by the day. When does this, this stop? The same, this wasn't the same interview. No, this is the same interview. This is all the same interview. They just, hold on. They're just moving Did, from that, topic to topic. This no, the no, entire that, purpose. There must have been a was cut. To have there. Co was no, there a cut? This there? is to have Madison Cawthorn on and give him a chance to get a bunch of sound Kevin, bites out. That's what this is. It. I can't it's believe that bad. there was no it's cut. It's that there. bad. They <laughs> went from oh the border God. to. Dr. Seuss is so being yeah, canceled. So yeah, the uh, the border's bad. Anyway, uh, what do you think about this Dr. Zoe stuff? <laughs> Here, we're all just wait, just wait. It gets so good. Stop. Well, brother, I was going to go to the gym after this hit, but I don't have to now. I'm already fired up. That <laughs> is absurd. That's his response. Uh, you know, brother, I was going to go to the brother. gym after this, but I'm all fired up now. I don't even have to. <laughs> Uh, I would expect to hear that from fucking Hulk Hogan, not a fucking member of That's Congress. That's the brother. Let me tell you, brother, when I heard what Randy Savage said about me at SummerSlam last week, I was all ready to go to the gym, but now I'm all fired up. I don't even have to. Hey, that doesn't make sense. You, you don't go to the gym to get angry. You go to work out. Doesn't make any sense, but that was absolutely a planned line, and that is so fucking dumb. So dumb. It's Dr. Seuss. I mean, this has been talked about to death, how stupid the Dr. Seuss insanity was. Uh, but what he's pointing out is that Biden didn't mention Dr. Seuss in his proclamation for Read Across America Week. He's canceling Dr. Seuss. Something that started in 2017 under the Trump administration, by the way. Uh, but, you know. Yeah, also, it was the publishers. Well, no, that, that was later. Well, so these are separate incidents, right? These are different things. But they happened at about the same time. Yeah, this did. This did. But, yeah, it's all stupid. It's all fucking stupid. It doesn't fucking matter. But they go, this, this is why he's on. They're having, they're having a member of fucking Congress on to complain about 
the border and to talk about Dr. Fucking Seuss. That's what they're doing. It's it's so dumb. In, inside of our Congress, uh, we actually have done a lot. We've got a lot accomplished. We have successfully, so far, renamed a post office here in the 117th Congress. Uh, so you're telling me that the, the actual priorities of the Democrats is renaming a post office and now canceling Dr. Seuss? Yeah, that's Americans the, po that's are the actually priority. Americans sure. and this cancel culture that does not help us. Uh, if we want to heal America and end this that's major partisan cancel. divide, it's not like eight we need to stop canceling our neighbor and go out and communicate with them. Also, let's realize <laughs> that, that we, need, we need to end this major partisan divide. Bluefish is not as concerning as, let's say, oh, I don't know, China. Oh, my God, again? That's the kind of comeback of an idiot. That is... That is it's just whataboutism. That's just changing yeah. the topic and trying to connect two completely unrelated things. Yeah, we need to end this partisan divide. Anyway, have I told you about how Joe Biden sucks <laughs> and is coming to take everything that you love? It's so dumb. Or anything uh, you else. are absolutely right. I mean, we, ha we are actually losing uh, a battle that's not even started yet against China. They have taken away all of our manufacturing. They're taking care of all of our uh, medications over there. They produce these, the rare earth materials that we need on our telecommunication satellites. Uh, and they are actually taking over parts of Africa and South Asia with their very aggressive uh, stance when it actually comes to building infrastructure. Uh, these are, this is the threat that we should be worrying about because worrying about, this Who's is the threat. For a soundbite interview, these aren't even good soundbites. No, no, he's look. These are scripted. He's been told these things ahead of time. But he's not even got it down. Like it doesn't sound good. No, like, he's it's oh, he's like a very he's bad speaker. He's a very he's, yeah. bad speaker. Uh, and so just go to those things he said. Um, this is remember March second, twenty twenty one. Apparently, the problems that Donald Trump we are supposed to think had been fixed with China by March second. Barely a month into the administration, we're already we're, we're we've already lost China, even though uh -huh. you know virtually nothing had changed at that point. And the strategy of China heavily investing in South Asia and in Africa in infrastructure that had been going on for decades at this point. You know, by right now, still the same year. Yeah. Um. That's not a new thing, but he's pretending as though this is the the new problem. Uh. While being the same kind of guy who would vote against any sort of U.S. investment in infrastructure in those regions, which would be used to counter China's influence. He's a dumb guy. He's a very dumb guy. But Benedict, we're gonna move on. We have one final video to talk about here. Okay. Uh, Let's do it. And this is, I think, a lot of us remember this. This is from January of 2021, okay. January 23rd, Pamela Brown on CNN. <laughs> Not January 6th. Nope. Ja uh, Pamela Brown had Madison Cawthorn on to talk about why he had, uh, you know, argued to decertify the election and install a dictator in Donald Trump. Um, and this is where we got to see really for the first time how incredibly stupid Madison Cawthorn was. Because as far as I can find, and I took a good look, this is the first time Madison Cawthorn ever faced an adversarial interview when anybody ever pressed him on any of his stupid claims nobody pressed him in the campaign really well, it was a small time local campaign it was just you know uh, it's northern carolina uh or north carolina it's you know local news covered them uh he didn't pay much attention i mean he went after that one reporter with the racist line who uh, was critical of him but you know nobody really cared about this stupid kid uh, but then he got onto the big stage. He was one of the active participants in trying to stoke up the January 6th insurrection. He spoke before Donald Trump. Um, but uh, now he's finally getting some pushback, and he fucking collapses, and it's beautiful. So let's take a look. The 
letter says that you aim to, quote, rise above the partisan fray. Yet you are one of 138 Republicans who voted to decertify the election results. You actually did that even after the January 6th riots. So how does that help you reaching your goal of reaching across the aisle and working with the Biden administration? So that's in reference to a letter that he was one of a handful of Republicans that signed saying, oh, we congratulate Joe Biden, reach across aisles. And of course, none of them ever actually did any of that. It was was all all politics. Well, I'll tell you, as despicable as the events on January 6th were, it didn't actually affect my, my thought process on objecting to the election. I wouldn't be surprised, given that he claimed at different times that uh, it was instigated by Antifa. It was a false flag operation to try and get people yeah. to stop objecting to the election. Uh, you know, because he's a, a giant, despicable pile of shit. Also, the fact that he helped <laughs> try to create the insurrection. I uh, I don't think anyone anything has ever influenced his thought process on anything nope. to be honest. Nope, nope, wouldn't be surprised. You see, I wasn't objecting to President Biden himself, and I wasn't doing it on behalf yes, of President Trump. Yes, you were. I was doing it on behalf of the Constitution. I think because in key six, six key swing states, particularly in Wisconsin, you can see that the state legislature, who is the sole body that is supposed to dictate the law that is circumvents and is around all of our election laws, was circumvented. What? They uh- So, yeah, that's just him going, oh, fuck, words, words, words. <laughs> He he said circumvent and is around the election law. His brain is empty, Benedict. His brain is so. He is a one semester college dropout. Neither of those. Trying to answer questions about how he is so clearly wrong on the spot, and he is failing. A uh, subverted the state legislatures there, and I believe that's a constitutional infraction. Okay. Constitutional infraction, by the way, is not a real thing. It's a ten-yard penalty. Repeat second down. (laughs) So proud of you for learning a football word. Thanks. Talk about this. Let's unpack that. Can you just share some specific examples of election fraud? What what are some specific examples that informed this bold decision, this audacious decision, even after the riots, to to decertify the results? You must have seen some concrete evidence. So this is where uh, what I would term a smart Republican, which is still a dumb person, would know to deflect entirely and yeah. change the subject you completely. You go, oh, look, you know, there's, we've always seen problems with mail ballots. People want to make that more secure. Mm-hmm. And actually what we want to do is make sure that people have the right to vote and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's very it's Go very to whataboutism. Check his yeah. watch and say, oh, I'm running late and run off screen. One of those sorts of things. Madison does not have those chops. Well, Pam, the things that I was not objecting to the election on behalf of was things like Dominion voting machines changing ballots or these U-Haul trucks pulling up filled with ballots for Joe Biden as president. So the way he says that there, both sound as though, yeah, he said he's not objecting to those, but it sounds like he's saying those things were true and not absolute bullshit. No, exactly. But he's saying I have no constitutional basis to object to those. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, so he's a dumb guy, but he's going to keep going. The thing I was objecting for is th- things like, in, like I said, in the state of Wisconsin, particularly in the town of Madison, uh, there was a, an appointed official in that town who actually went against the will of the state legislature and created ballot drop boxes, which is basically ballot harvesting that was happening in the parks. No, it's not. So, okay, okay. so here's the thing. I had trouble the first time he talked about Madison figuring out what the fuck he's talking about. Um, 
finally no, now I remember. I, I remember this happening. Finally, I think, I think it I went know. to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and they were like, "No, that's fine." Well, let me go through. He's not talking about any one incident. He has, in his dumb mind, combined several things together, which he doesn't completely understand, and is now pretending to have a perfect comprehension of what happened. So there were several things that happened in Wisconsin, all of which, of course, Trump lost on. Some of them were before the election. Some of them were after the election. So the first one that I think is getting combined in in Madison's empty hole of of a skull uh, is a Trump suit over Green Bay drop boxes that they claimed were illegal. And that suit happened after the election in December. And the Trump suit claimed that they, uh, the, the suit, which I pulled up, I found the complaint, I read it, that claimed that there were drop boxes installed at grocery stores and gas stations. None of the actual drop boxes in reality were installed at gas stations. It's bad when you get something that factually easy wrong on the face of your suit. Also, the city had five drop boxes in total in all of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, of course, this one was rejected by a judge who said, you're wrong. That one was a loss. In October of 2020, a federal judge said that it was okay for the municipalities of the state of Wisconsin to use money donated by nonprofits to help fund elections. And the city of Madison used money that was donated by a nonprofit started by Zuckerberg to purchase, in part, this is one of the things they did with that money, to purchase drop boxes. Mm. So, I think that's the biggest chunk of the one he's talking about there. Uh, What he said about it being against the will of the legislature is absolutely incorrect. I could find no evidence whatsoever that the Madison, uh, the Wisconsin legislature ever said one way or another anything about drop boxes. Mm -hmm. I found articles back in the middle of 2020 that were talking about drop boxes and how Republican groups wanted to challenge them because they thought it might hurt their chance at the election. But those articles that I found specifically noted that there is no statutes on the books that have to deal with drop boxes one way or another. So what he's saying about the legislature being against drop boxes and this going against what the legislator wanted, well, the legislature wanted is just false. Okay. The other thing, because he mentioned something about parks there that I think is going into his dumb skull and getting combined in all this, is an event that was held in Madison, which was called Democracy in the Park. Yeah, I remember and that. This, yes. This is where Madison uh, election officials went out, stood around at a folding table in a park all day, and allowed people to drop off their absentee ballots. That's it. Again, the lawsuit challenging that. Lost. They lost all of these. Uh, in June, June 2021, this year, uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled against a suit that sought to remove ballot drop boxes. It's just yeah. Also, they lost all, all these suits before January 6th. I'm pretty sure. Yep, yep. All it's all it's all stupid, and he's a dumb guy. And you're gonna hear more of how he's stupid coming up. But this was all litigated. You you know that the Trump campaign litigated all of this more than 60 cases and they lost. Either the cases were dismissed, the Trump campaign withdrew, or they never brought a case because they didn't have the evidence to back it up. Indeed, I believe specifically, and this is the one that I debated on behalf of on the House floor in Wisconsin, uh, that was never heard because they dismissed it because of standing. Now, I don't believe that that is a concrete enough of a way Well, there were three Trump appointments. Okay, so you have... So that suit was dismissed on standing, but the judges did also Mm -hmm. note that it would not be the appropriate remedy to invalidate the election as fucking Trump wanted, even if the claims that they were making were true. Yeah, they were like, it's easy for us to dismiss this on standing, but also if you actually made us rule on it. Yep, yep, you'd still be be wrong. 
You have Wisconsin, but you never, you, you ended up not actually voting against Wisconsin. It was just Arizona and Pennsylvania because you didn't have the Senate votes. Um, but three Trump appointed judge actually throughout these cases because of merit. It was because of merit. There were three Trump appointed judges out of all of these judges and more, the more than 60 cases that were tossed out. And you t keep talking about Wisconsin. I'm still not hearing any specific examples of fraud. If you I would, how she the did you specifically? Yeah, it's good. No, like I said, that's so not the reason I okay. contested the election. Hold on. So you wanted to throw out millions of votes without actually seeing any concrete evidence of fraud? Because that's what you were doing when you were contesting the election. The intent there was throwing out millions of votes. Well, I disagree with you on that point. That was not my intent. My intent was to hold up the it Constitution was, and no. setting up ballot drop boxes, <laughs> which is essentially ballot harvesting in Wisconsin, no, is not. unconstitutional because the state legislature. No, no, it is not ballot harvesting. Uh, it's no, nothing to do with ballot people harvesting. being able to drop off their own ballots. It's literally the opposite of ballot harvesting. Said they didn't want that. So you know more it's than the judge, the Trump appointed judge, who said that. Well, that was the argument that Republicans made uh, in the middle of last year against that uh, democracy in the park event. Uh, that it was early voting because they they didn't have drop boxes because the drop boxes they had ordered were late. So instead, they had elections officials actually go and stand at a folding table and take the ballots by hand, which is mm. the same effect. Either way. Yep. It doesn't matter, and I don't care. Doesn't matter because this is a stupid argument for overturning they still have to a valid election. to maintain the chain of custody. Yes, it's a stupid yeah. argument for overturning a valid election. Who actually looked at that case before the election and dismissed the Trump campaign's um, argument that drop boxes are unconstitutional? And if you would, would you point to me and where in the Constitution it says that drop boxes are unconstitutional? I don't recall seeing that in the Constitution. Oh, he's going to try and he's going to be yeah, wrong. No, so the way that I believe it was unconstitutional is because in Article 1, Section 2, Clause 1 of the Constitution, it states that only state legislatures will mandate the manner in which an election is screen. conducted. Benedict, do you think Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 says what he just said it did? I would not be surprised. It does not, it Benedict. Article yeah. 1, yeah. Section 2, Clause 1, in fact, says, The House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several states, and the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. Great. What he might be referring to, and which he is still wrong about, is Article 1, Section 4 of the United States Constitution, known as the Elections Clause, which uh -huh. in fact says the exact opposite of the argument he is making. Uh, and yep. I, I watched multiple videos where he argued about this, about Section 4, uh, and him being completely wrong about it, because Section 4 says, quote, the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. But the Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations except as to the places of choosing senators. It literally says Congress gets to change that. And his yeah. argument, which he keeps going back to against election laws in the federal government, is, well, the Constitution says that the state legislatures get to choose what election law says because he didn't read the second sentence. Yep. He's a dumb, dumb guy. Okay. Right. We actually have and, that on the screen. Go ahead.
Yeah, they're putting it on the Excellent. screen. Excellent. But when you go into the state of Wisconsin, you see that the state legislature actually voted actively Madison against having vote drop boxes right there. Particularly, and then scared. in the town of Madison, they decided to set them up anyways. And yeah, that never so happened. So you're the making never an obscure case boxes. on this. Um, other constitutional experts say, look, what this says right here, this um, Article 2 of the Constitution says that the legislature can decide so uh, they got they got a little scrambled because they I think recognized he that thing, he was yeah. wrong. So they went to something different, which is also I think not what he's talking about. They went to se Article Two, Section One, which talks about how electors for the president are to be chosen. Um, they're all just scrambled up. No matter which way you go, he's still wrong. Okay. What dictates the electors? And they did decide before this election. The states did decide that the plurality of the vote would dictate um, who the, who the electors are. So that did actually that did actually happen. Um, and I'm just I just want to also ask you what sort of research did you put in? What kind of work did you put in before no. you decided to make this Stop objection? I'm just curious questions. what you read. He did you actually so go scared. to any of the states to look at the voter fraud? What kind of research did you put into this? Uh, no, so we hired three constitutional lawyers who looked into this for our for our campaign. Oh, did you now? Yeah, oh, no way. did you? I, I look. Here's the thing: any lawyer can call themselves a constitutional lawyer. I can call myself a constitutional you should, lawyer. In fact, I should. I, I should say. just do that. It's not a qualification. I guarantee the people he hired, if he hired anyone at all, as a matter of fact, were know nothings. Uh, and then the findings that we had is that, as you said, I believe in the reading the Constitution through the prism of original intent. And I believe the original intent of the framers of the Constitution was to make sure that the federal government can't exercise overreach and go into these states and dictate our laws of how to run elections. Literally opposite of what the Constitution actually says. I'll point out again, but Congress may at any time by law make or alter such regulations. Yep. Very wrong, very dumb. So do you think the intent too was to um, throw out millions of votes because of um, a suspicion, not even concrete evidence, because of a, a, a evidence, I should say, just because of a suspicion? Do you think that that was what our founders intended? Well, I'd act, we do have concrete evidence that there were ballot drop boxes inside of Wisconsin. <laughs> I, I don't have the right, white pages on me, but I would be happy to send that to you. Right, right but I'm still, I'm still curious because <laughs> I would like to imagine that afterwards he went on his that, laptop, I mean, pulled up some pictures of Dropbox and just emailed them over to her. <laughs> they're just they're just talking past each other. Like she's asking him completely different stuff. To... Well, here's the thing. He's too dumb to recognize what the question is. I don't think he yeah. did that as an evasive maneuver. I think he literally is dumb and thought that's the but answer she, to the question also, that you're looking she, for. She's not really, to be fair to him, which I loathe to do, well, She she's not really asking him about what he's talking about because he's well, saying no, because that... He, here's the thing. His, his argument, hold on, his argument, mm -hmm. whether it's right or wrong, is that the state legislature should get to decide how elections occur and that they didn't occur in the way that the state legislature set, set out. And what she's saying is, do you have examples of fraud? And they're not quite the same thing. Right. And I think it would be very easy to disprove what he's saying about the state legislature not wanting ballot boxes, but that's not what she's doing. She's asking different questions. Right, and here's And here's he looks like saying. an idiot because he keeps trying to not answer that question. Exactly. And she keeps asking about the same thing because he's being evasive and refusing to answer the question. Because the point that underlies it all, and 
I think she's excellently uh, sticking to this. I don't think she should bend to his will because he wants to talk about what is not the point. He wants to talk about, well, there were procedural variations that we think should mean we get to have Trump as a dictator. And she's saying that's stupid. The only way you possibly get to have what you want is if there was massive fraud and you can prove even the slightest bit of it. Show me, big boy. Show me, you little bitch. Show me the fraud. That's what she's doing, and I love her for it. Because she is not letting up and she is not giving in to letting him have his stupid way and arguing shit that is not the point. Because whether or not there were uh, proce exact procedural things that were met is not the point. And I'll point out again, he is wrong about all the points he's even trying to make. Yeah. But it is not the point. The point is, this is such horseshit. Voting is a right for every person in this country. And you are arguing that we should throw out hundreds of thousands of votes because your daddy didn't win. Because you lost miserably and you're so sad about it you're crying all the way to every single court that you're getting laughed out of and she's not letting him have that and it's great all right that feels like a good place to wrap it honestly well since you're so angry about it fine <laughs> i will the, the only last thing i will bring up because we didn't get to it i don't think it was in this video or it might have been in uh, the end of the fox and friends video that we uh, didn't get to he made an argument that uh, he knew because he's read all the Federalist Papers, and particularly <laughs> the ones by Alexander Hamilton, that the mm -hmm. founders did not want the federal government to have control of our elections. That is literally the opposite of what Alexander literally Hamilton Literally opposite of Federalist yeah. 59, 60, and 61, all three written by Hamilton, which argue directly in explicitly. favor... And explicitly <laughs> in favor of the fact that Congress and the federal government should have the power to override states in how elections are done, except for the place of choosing senators, which at the time, remember, the legislatures chose the senators. It wasn't, it's they weren't so elected. It's so weird to me that these people keep citing the Federalist Papers, which are like a famously pro-federalism, like pro-big government, They're relatively. They're dumb people. Approach. You, it's you so cannot, funny. You cannot say that. Madison Cawthorn saying that he's read the Federalist Papers and it says this, that, and the other. You cannot say that unless you are dumb enough to think Either, I'll give him two options. Either he thinks, well, there's probably a Federalist that says that, right? Because I couldn't be wrong. There's, there's yeah, no way Madison I'm wrong, so they have to agree so with you would me, think, right? you would think Madison might have said something like that, I'm sure. It's either that or he knows very well that nobody fucking reads the Federalist Papers. I am a That's... lawyer. I've read maybe a handful of the Federalist Papers. I've read some of them. And here, here's the thing about it. Nobody should read the Federalist Papers. Nobody should yeah. give a fuck what they say. Because I'll go back to the argument I always default to when we're talking about the, the founders of the country. We don't have to listen to what a bunch no. of dead people who thought but slavery also, was okay thought. They don't They don't even have any legal significance. It was just Hamilton being like, uh, I think we should not do that, though. Yes. And then everyone went, fine, look, he's written this whole fucking thing. Just concede to him on some point. Well, yeah, and they were arguments trying to convince people to vote in favor of the ratification of the Constitution. I think you can argue that, yeah. A, they might have not have actually been what they actually thought. They may have, might have been opportunistically making arguments that they didn't ever necessarily 
necessarily believe in in order to convince a very small subset of people who were reading these specific yeah. New York City newspapers. Not even the it's, entire I mean, it, fucking it, it, country. It was, ba- it was basically propaganda for a small group of people. Yes, yes. But anyways, uh, I think it's dumb to appeal to the Federalist Papers. I always will. Uh, I think at times you have to if you're making a specific argument. But uh, I think in most cases, especially when you get them as wrong as Madison Cawthorn did... You don't need to worry about him. So, Benedict, after all we've seen, how do you feel about my argument that Maddie is, in fact, the dumbest member of Congress? Uh, I think we maybe need to do some other videos from uh, from some other competitors. Maybe we need to have, like, a, well, a March Benedict, Madness of this shit. Would you be happy if I told you we're about to embark on a series of looking at the various number of dumb individuals in Congress? You know, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Can we please Over do the next Tommy Tuberville next? We're going to be doing a couple dumb individuals who happen to be in Can Congress. We- can we do Tommy Tuberville next? Uh, I was planning on doing Marjo next, but oh, if you fine. ask nicely, we might do Tommy Tuberville next. Okay. Anyways. I will ask you nicely. Thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, before we get to that, I do have to mention, because I promised I would, that we do, in fact, have another member of our New World Spooky World Order. <laughs> I have to give a huge thanks <laughs> To Balls Watterson and George Soros. <laughs> and, by the way, I see what you're doing. Copying Becky Scott Fairley and George Soros. And I would just That's ask fine. you to be a little bit more creative about it. That's all I'd ask. That's all I'd really ask. But anyways, we always love it being Soros funded. We are now more Soros funded than we were last episode. So at some point, we're going to be Soros controlled. I can't yep. wait till we finally He's gonna get, get a controlling <laughs> stake. I can't wait until we finally get but there. But if it keeps going like this, then it will only be like, because he's always and George Soros, so he'll only ever have a 50% stake. That's true. So that's never a controlling But as interest. we learned from Glenn Beck, you really need only a 0.075% that's stake true. Yeah, right. to be controlling. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's whatever true. I'd those numbers were. I've forgotten that. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> but thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, if you just can't get enough of us, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. We're talking to you, Mr. Soros. Become a patron for as little as $2 an episode for patron-only episodes. Share outs on the show and more as always we have to give a shout out to our wonderful and amazing patrons benjamin carlisle dexter allison c david megan ruth glowrung the deceiver dig easy blasphemy becky scott fairly and george soros Stephen and cindy dimmick aj brantley taru takanen skeptical seventh balls waterson and george soros thank you all as always i decided i'm going i'm going deep for the george soroses until okay. my, my throat wears out. New Thank world, you. spooky world order. <laughs> Thank you all, as always, for being our patrons. That's it for this week's show. Till next time. Fuck, I didn't have one minute. Again, I always forget to do that. Leave that. That's good. Goodbye. Goodbye. Book Club Podcast is a production of Kevin and Benedict Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Music for this podcast is by Silverman Sound Studios. Find out more at silvermansound.com.